Battleline Podcast. This is our first episode of the year. I had a great time speaking with Steve Cavino from SiriusXM. You've seen him as well on ESPN and SNY if you're a New Yorker. That's the channel that broadcasts the Mets. He's also got plenty of other things in the works, stuff that he really can't get into yet. Um, hopefully, when he is able to make those announcements, we'll bring him back on. But this is a great interview. You guys are going to love it. We get really deep into all different types of things. Steve originally texted me. He was like, what are we going to talk about? And I said, I-, I don't have any agenda. I think we'll get into everything. And we did. So uh, before we get into it, if you've been enjoying this podcast, you might also like Accelerate Defense. And that's a monthly podcast from Acme General Corps, A-C-M-E General Corps. When it comes to defending a nation, innovation in both equipment and thinking is indispensable. On Accelerate Defense, you'll hear from political figures, military professionals, and other thought leaders about how innovation shapes our national security landscape. You'll learn what new technologies might be required to ensure that the United States can match any adversary. Most importantly, Accelerate Defense is about examining new modes of thinking to ensure that our nation never loses its innovative edge. I've checked it out. Uh, it's a little bit more hard news than this podcast, and it's it's great, though. The people they bring on have expertise in everything they talk about, so you're going to want to check it out. It's Accelerate Defense, once again, a podcast from Acme General Corps. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. So if you're listening right now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, just look it up. Accelerate Defense. You guys are going to dig it. And it's a new year, which means... You're going to want to get back in the gym. You're going to want to get your sleep right, get your eating habits right. All of it goes together. I know there are people going through some high anxiety right now and they're not getting sleep. And it's all so important in order to reach those goals that you have, whether it's to lose weight or to put on muscle in the gym. And the thing is, when your head hits the pillow, if you have that anxiety going on in your mind, you're not going to get a good night's sleep. And that's really where Ned comes in. CBD is great for all of that. It's going to lift that anxiety from you, and it's going to help you with your sleep. Cannabinoids have a wide range of benefits and regulate nearly every biological system in the body. Some of the best-known uses are as a sleep aid, also used to treat insomnia, an anti-inflammatory, a natural pain reliever, used to treat anxiety and post-traumatic stress, used to treat depression, and it's a rich source of antioxidants as well. Like I said, a lot of guys in our audience and women in our audience, uh, you know, it's a new year and you guys are getting your eating right. You're on a new diet, whether it's paleo, some of you guys may be going more plant-based, whatever it is, sleep and lifting all of that anxiety off your shoulders is so important and it's going to help you. And Ned is the best company out there for it. Ned products do contain a minuscule amount of THC if you're trying their CBD, but they have plenty of other products on their site. But we like to throw that out there for anybody drug testing. For the rest of you who aren't, it's great. I use Ned's products, so does Chris. And if you want to check out Ned and try their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for the audience. Go to helloned.com slash battleline or Enter Battleline at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O 
ned.com slash battleline to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. So if you guys want to support us here at the podcast and also check out a great product, I can't speak more highly of them. Really can't. And that's why we're, you know, we say it all the time. We're not on Patreon. We're not doing a crowdfunding thing. So if you support us, go out there and support our sponsors. It's important. Once again, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash battle line. With that, we're going to get right into this podcast uh, and the music in the background. I don't say it often enough is our friend Jimmy Allen from Against All Will, original member of Puddle of Mud. He absolutely schooled it and I don't say it often enough. I, I love this theme song, so support what he does as well. Go follow him, and let's get right into it. Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich on Sirius XM, right here only on Battleline Podcast. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on, Battleline Podcast. Really excited to have Steve Cavino on with me. And it's it's weird, dude, because I have not seen you in years. I've known you for years at this point, but I feel like there hasn't been any time lost just because of the fact that I listen to your show and you guys have been like a constant through this pandemic. And you're so candid on the air that like I know not only everything you're up to, I know everything your brother is up to, just everything. <laughs> you know what? That's the weird world we live in, man. You see people, you see friends you haven't seen in years, but you've been stalking them on social media. So it's like, you know what they're up to and what their life's about. You know, if you're rolling single or when I was single and you were like creeping on women and things like that, it was always awkward to, to bring up things you weren't really supposed to know unless you were following them on social media. You know, like you never know. Should I bring that up? How was that trip to the beach? Oh, I saw you got your nails done the other day. Like, you never know what to bring up because it could be creepy. But that's just the world we live in now. You know everything about everyone. And when you do a, a talk radio show as candid and as open as we are on Cavino and Rich, I mean, everybody knows everything about me. So when I meet, quote unquote, strangers, it's like they're never really strangers if they listen to the show. You know, they know everything, all the ups and all the downs of my life, you know. So what you're saying is I'm basically the guy, you're the hot chick that I'm stalking on Facebook right now. <laughs> I'm the hot chick, but I'm telling you, 
it's okay to know all these weird things about me because I'm putting it out there on the radio, on TV, and on social media. You know, social media, which I'm the worst at, by the way, man. I overthink it. I suck at it. I sort of do it just because, well, to keep up with people, like you said, or to stalk people. Uh, but to basically because that's how the game is played nowadays. Like companies you work for sort of want those numbers and sort of force you to have those pages. Like I'm not sure if I'd even have an Instagram if you know ESPN at the time didn't make me open up an Instagram page. You know, I don't know. I'm sure I'd be lurking on it, checking out some butt cheeks, but I don't know if I'd have my own. You know what I mean? No, I get it because. With the industry that we're in, with just media in general, it's like you have to have a presence on all these things. But right. in a weird way, I don't know if you have the same thing. Like I have friends who work in finance who, you know, do great. They have great, a great life, but they are completely plugged out of all this. Like they don't even know what TikTok is. And they're like, what are you talking about? And And they seem to be actually happier than a lot of the people who are plugged into all this shit. You know what? When you're plugged in, you're right. There's that added pressure uh, to keep up with it. And you probably have more in common with a teenage girl than your actual friends who are living real lives, not worrying about this stuff. But there is a balance, man. And I try real hard to to live that balance and preach that balance. You know, I'm a dad, you know, and it'd be foolish of me to not know what's going on if I want to relate to my kid. Right. And you don't want to be the old guy. I just don't. And I'm not in denial of growing older, right? I'm embracing it, but that doesn't mean you need to be tuning out of everything. I'll give you an example. And this is what I never want to be. I never want to be like my parents when they would watch award shows with me growing up. You ever watch an award show with your family? And it, it, the whole thing is, who's that? Who the hell is that? That person sucks. You know, what are they wearing? Because like, they're so tuned out of pop culture and everything that's going on. And I never want to be left behind regardless. I, I, I don't, need to be involved in it. I don't need to embrace it. I don't need to, you know, dress like a, a, a millennial or a weenial. Um, but you have to know what's going on. You know what I mean? I always want to be aware of what's going on. And to be honest, it's important for not only me, because that's what I want, but it's, it's important for my career. Otherwise, you're a dinosaur. You're not evolving. And no one's going to care about your opinion because you're stuck in whatever generation you want to be stuck in. I 100% agree with striking that balance. I just see with people my age, they're either, uh, there's some people my age and your age, as you said, yeah. trying too hard to yeah. be cool right now, and it comes off really bad. Or there's the people entirely checked out, because I have friends my age who are like, who are these kids trying to make money on YouTube? They should get a real job. And it's like, why? If they have a passion for something and they're able to monetize it through podcasts or YouTube or social media, like more power to them. Absolutely. And the biggest misconception now, and my co-host of Cavino and Rich is one of the guys that says that a lot of times, is, you know, none of these people are making money. I know for a fact, a lot of these people are making money, you know, if oh, they're yeah. doing it right. You know, content is king. If they're putting the, the right content out there and enough content out there, uh, there's a lot of people making a lot of money and it's still growing. I mean, look at the Pauls. They're an exception. I get it. Logan and Jake Paul, you, you could hate them all you want. You know, that's fine. But Logan Paul's fighting Floyd Mayweather next month. You know, so hate them all you want. These people are making a lot of money in the world of YouTube. And you could either deny it or embrace it or, you know, get left behind or move forward. But someone once told me relevance is a choice. And it's true, man. And I choose to, like I said, at least be aware of what's going on 
and talk about it. Doesn't mean you have to like it. Doesn't mean you have to be all about it, but just be aware of it. Yeah, which your co-host Rich is currently moving out of his current apartment, moving into a new home, which he talks about on the air. So that's why he's not with us. You were in Idaho, of all places, with your girlfriend. And I was wondering this before I even went on with you, was are you like the only Latino dude in the entire state at this point? Dude, it's so funny, man. Actually, I feel that way. Uh, Apparently, I'm not, though, because I always say things like that and think things like that. But, you know, according to my girlfriend, there's a lot of Hispanics uh, and a lot of Mexicans that are here and a lot of people from California now moving to Idaho. That's a big thing going on in itself where people from Idaho don't necessarily want all the, you know, people from California moving in. It's getting it's getting really crowded here in Idaho, but it's a beautiful state. Prior to dating my girlfriend, I had never been here or knew anything about it. Um, I think I was one of the only. Hispanics, only Mexican guy on the mountain yesterday. I went skiing in Bogus Basin. But, um, you know, true vatos don't ski. So I was blading, I say. I was snow blading. Those are the little midget ones, those little tiny. I'm sorry, is that politically incorrect? <laughs> those little tiny, small, little people skis. I was using those uh, yesterday, but I had a great time. But, yeah, it's um, – it's it's not as brown as L.A., which is where I live now. As you know, I'm from the East yeah. Coast. I'm from New Jersey, Union, New Jersey. I live now in Sherman Oaks. I recently just moved. I was in Encino, Encino Covino, and I moved to Sherman Oaks. And like you said, Rich is moving to Woodland Hills, which is where I sort of you know raised my daughter uh, in Woodland Hills, California. But it's cool to be out here in Idaho, man, because it's so different. It's a it's a it's a city that's growing fast. And, um, you know, it's just a nice getaway. I can't really travel much, you know, because of what's going on. Haven't really done anything in the past year. Um, so to take a road trip to uh, spend some time with her family during the holidays, it's a nice little getaway. Yeah, it's interesting you're saying that people are moving there. I don't know if it's related to COVID and all that, because you see people moving way all over the place out of LA and out of New York specifically. Like I never thought I'd see the day. I noticed this, I put it all together on social media that Nikki six, Kanye West and Jeffree star are all now living in Wyoming. When did you ever think that would happen? Yeah, no. Um, well they have the means and are probably sick of, you know, being in big cities to move wherever they want. Um, but you're right. LA, New York, a lot of people go there to live their dream, right? Especially LA. They go there to live their dream, but the work isn't there right now. So, or they wait tables and restaurants are closed. So just by default, they're moving. People are moving to Idaho prior to this, but even more so because there's less opportunity. And, you know, New York, restaurants are closing down. Businesses are closing down. People are like, well, why am I paying all this money to live here? I'll move to Texas. I'll move to Florida. I'll move somewhere else. So, Yeah, dude, it's a huge trend right now, man. And I know so many people that were in L.A. that were there to make it for pilot season or, you know, to be an actor or just to do radio. And because things are so slow, they're just like, well, what am I doing, man? I'm paying all this money for what? I'm out. I'm out until things change. So it's a it's a big time trend of people moving to other places for sure. Uh, Luckily, Rich and I have been able to, you know, stay afloat and continue doing what we do. You know, the difference with our show, Cavino and Rich, is that we're really all friends. So when the studios all closed down because of the pandemic, we were able to still 
keep things moving without skipping a beat. We just started doing the show from either my house or our producer Spot's house, and it's just like our buddies hanging out. Whereas other shows, they're not as close to really want to do the shows all together in one place, you know? So being that we're from or, you know, based originally out of the East Coast and we all moved to California to work together, we're sort of quarantined together. So we just continue doing the show together. So luckily we're still working. We're very fortunate. Uh, we're not really moving anywhere out of the state anytime soon, you know, because that's where work is for us. Yeah, and I've listened to the show during this entire time, and I think people don't realize exactly what you're saying unless they work in radio, that like, especially with you and Rich, in a weird way, it's like being in a marriage. Even when I worked at SiriusXM, seeing Andrew Wilkow and seeing Mike Bins every single day, and if there's some type of argument going on, you have to squash it at some point, because in other jobs, you're like, all right, I I could avoid this person for a few days until we get over it. When you're on the air speaking with Rich three hours a day, in addition to prepping with him and everything, you have to get along with this person no matter what. And I'm sure there are little, you know, squabbles here and there. Oh, I mean, you hear them play out on the radio. There's no holding back. You know, it's all very real. And, um, you know, a lot of times we just explode off of the smallest thing because there's so much resentment being built up, you know. Because we live in the same area, uh, you know, we work, do morning radio together, TV together, we're brainstorming together, we're pushing other ideas together, and we've worked together for over 16 years now and and over 20 years of friendship. So essentially, you know, Rich is the longest relationship I've ever had. So although it gets very frustrating, like you said, like a marriage, you know, that's what gives us, uh, you know, stuff to talk about, stuff to fight about and gives people reason to listen because you never know where that next argument's going to come from or the next great debate or you know that next good laugh because because of that tightness we're able to go places where other shows aren't able to go you know we've been there before we've done that no matter how low we go and how bad we fight we know we're still going to do the show together the next day where another show you know you could have a fight with somebody and that person doesn't want to do the show anymore because they just don't need this you know i don't need to argue with this guy, I quit. You know, Rich and I feed off yeah. of that and we rely on each other. And uh, if a fight happens, yeah, that sucks. But if it's good radio and people were entertained by it, then, hey, that's good. We sort of forget about it the next day and we move on from it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And it it is good radio most of the time. And in my opinion, I I genuinely mean this. The show has never been better because I think in the earlier years of the show, and I met you guys probably in the first five years of the show, it was a lot more like bringing models on because it was on Maxim Radio at the time, which, you know, is no longer on the platform. And I think the show has gotten way more real, whether it's you being candid about your divorce and being in a new relationship or like, Recently, when you had a crazy panic attack and you were rushed to the hospital, I think a lot of people would be like, I'm not going to bring this up on the air. And you being completely candid, it makes things relatable. It's it's almost like uh, the years where Artie Lang was on the Howard Stern show where every day it was, you know, something else. And you were just plugged in because he 
he couldn't, you know, even when he was on heroin and trying to say, I'm not on heroin, he, he, he couldn't lie to the audience. It would always come out and it made for the best radio. Well, maybe there's more of a commonality than you think there because uh, Artie and I are from the same hometown of Union, New Jersey. So maybe there's something in the water there, you know, where we're our own worst enemies, but therefore provides for a lot of fun entertainment, you know, and fun stories. Um, we have a lot of common friends and a lot of commonalities, to be honest, you know, when it comes to the humor side of things. I mean, Artie's hilarious. He's a, he's a comedian. I am not. But when it comes to the type of people we grew up with, and the type of attitude is all very much the same. We have the same coaches, the same teachers, the same type of ball breaking friends, you know. So there is that commonality there. But I, but I know what you mean. It's sort of like the honesty is is relatable, and it's kind of like watching a, a train wreck at the same time. Luckily, you know, I, I never dabbled into drugs and gone that route. But it does seem that a lot of things have hit me that I thought were going to suck, and they did suck. But the silver lining was it did provide for a lot of relatable content on the radio. Like even having a kid, having a kid didn't suck. But when you were associated with Maxim radio and partying and chicks and all those things at the time, I thought, man, how am I going to be the Maxim dude? And how am I going to you know, continue talking about this party and cool sort of city living lifestyle when I'm a dad now? And turned out to be the most relatable thing that had ever happened to me at the time. You know, all right, I'm a dad. And everyone was growing along with me and with the show. So it became more relatable. Or, you know, when I got the divorce. Um, yeah, that sucks. Uh, and, oh, man, how am I going to move forward? It's going to be so embarrassing talking about this stuff on the radio. As it turns out, what, more than 50% of marriages don't last. So, again, I became more relatable than I thought I'd ever be because people were like, wow, yeah, I totally know what he's going through. And if not, you know, it was still intriguing, I guess, for other people to hear about, you know. And, um, you know, I think that's what's cool about the show. A lot of crap happens. You mentioned anxiety. Dude, I have unnecessary anxiety and panic attacks. I had unnecessary anxiety uh, anxiety leading up to your show. And, and you're my pal and I know you. And when yeah, I'm in the is, moment, I don't low fly. pressure situation ever. <laughs> Dude, it just it's just how it is, man. You know, like um Rich and I have a, a big interview this upcoming week with the whole cast of Cobra Kai. Now, I love Cobra Kai. I know the series, the show, the characters, the movies inside and out. We've met them all a thousand times, and I've interviewed everyone from the show multiple times, but for whatever reason, the buildup always gives me anxiety. And it's silly because in the moment, I love it and I live for it. Um, and when I talk about these things, uh, my anxieties and like you said, which led to a, a crazy panic attack where I thought I was dying and I ended up in the hospital. Yeah, those moments suck. And yeah, you think, oh, my God, do I even bring this up? It's embarrassing. But it, it turns out to be the most, like you said, relatable radio one could do. Because uh, you realize how many people don't talk about those things, especially during the pandemic when people were suffering, you know, um, you know, with their mental illnesses or their anxieties and, you know, and things that they were going through. I think it was a relief for people to hear that, oh, this guy, he's doing well and yet still goes through this stuff. So I, I guess, you know, it's more normal than people realize. Yeah, you know what was relatable about what you guys do for me and that set you guys apart is I feel like during this whole situation, you turn on the radio or you turn on TV and people are preaching one thing or the other. It's like 
you know, wear a mask, be safe. Or then there's the other like conspiratorial side of, you know, this is yeah. overblown. And I think you and Rich and, and Christian Spot were always just completely honest. There were days where you were, where you could tell Rich was over this and he went to Scottsdale and you were like, he's hobnobbing. And, you know, the yeah. situation with you and your daughter going to the pool where you were like, people are not taking this seriously. And I thought it was relatable because during these, what is it, like 10 months at this point, everybody has had you know, different feelings throughout this. And if you haven't had different feelings throughout this, I, I, don't, I don't know what's wrong with you because none of us have ever experienced anything like the past year. Well, it's been a roller coaster, right? So we, we our feelings have changed along the way, right? Like even right now, I'm in Idaho and I went skiing yesterday. Now I haven't done shit really for the most part in the past 10 years, but I went skiing. And I think that's the, past the year, not we the past need to be living in right now. The, yeah, exactly, right? Past 10 months, okay? Uh, so I think there is a balance you could live by where I was out and about living my life, you know, but I'm on the mountain. I'm not really hobnobbing with anyone. I'm not uh, getting too close to anybody, and I'm wearing a mask while doing it, you know? So that's the, the balance. Live your life, but live it safely. And, um, you know, I think along the way up until this point, we were sort of all figuring things out together. So we were trying to figure out what the rules were. And um, I think Rich and I and Spot, we, we, we call each story as we see it. You know, I don't think it does any good to lean one way or the other. I'm not saying that you can't have your personal views. I'm just saying I know we talk to a wide audience nationwide. And when I hear everyone's side for as many years as I've been hearing it, I do see things down the middle. I really do. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm Republican or, or I'm Democratic. Uh, you know, I have some liberal views. I have some conservative views. You know, let's talk about each story and, and I'll give you how I feel about each one. And I think that's, uh, you know, not only works in my life, but it works on the radio, you know, because I think a lot of times when people get on their, their soapbox, that's fine. They could do that because that's what they believe. And that's the beauty of this country, right? If you believe strongly, so strongly that you want to preach that, by all means, do that. Um, but know that there's probably 50% of the people or population that don't agree with you at all. You know, so luckily, I think it works to our advantage because, you know, our views are similar, but oftentimes uh, we disagree. So our show provides oh, yeah. a great balance right down the middle, you know. Yeah, I think you and Rich have always had this kind of yin and yang thing, how you're the introvert of the group, Rich is the outgoing guy. Um, yeah, there's all these different things like that. You know what I wanted to ask you about is you've been in radio at this point for, what, 20-plus years? Started in the late 90s. Well, I did college radio at Montclair State University, right? I graduated in 98, uh, but I was working – at WXRK, K-Rock, New York, as an intern, yep. like 96, 97, um, got hired there in promotions and then, you know, swing DJ in the late 90s. So, yeah, dude, like over 20 years now, I've been at Sirius XM since 2002 doing Octane. I started on Octane. So I've been at Sirius XM for over 18 years now. So I've been in radio over 20 years. And honestly, I, I take a little bit of pride of still feeling like one of the youngest guys in the game. Radio is a weird place, man, where, you know, we work with a lot of either old people or people that look like old people. 
<laughs> yes, I agree. And, and there's like, right. I think there's like this old guard thing of it's hard to get new people in the door. Um, so I know where you're coming from, but I, I bring it up because I realize this is 15 years of me doing radio and, and media, which blows my mind because I met you in those first few years. Yeah. I, it doesn't feel that long. Yeah, ago. I remember. Uh, yeah. So what I was wondering, though, is where do you see with COVID the whole radio landscape changing? Because one thing that really um, struck a chord with me, and I'm I know you listened to this interview, too. When Howard had Jim Carrey on, he was talking to him about it. And Jim Carrey was saying, I don't think that this is going to go on in the future where you're going to fly me out from L.A. to do publicity in New York, you know, at the McGraw Hill building where we worked when I could just hop on Zoom and do interviews with people. Do you think this whole like in studio thing and having a giant space like New York, like Sirius has in New York and L.A., do you think that's all going to change even when things are back to, you know, quote, normal again or? No, you know, I, I absolutely do, man. And Howard's a great example or Cavino and Rich, any show that kept, you know, moving forward during this time knows that you don't need to be with that guest anymore. And if that is a high profile celebrity guest like a Jim Carrey, why in the world would he want to fly all the way out to anywhere to do an interview when you could do the same sort of interview from home? You know, if we got anything out of this, it's uh, yeah, work could continue from home um, interviews and meetings. Uh, and what you and I are doing right now, podcasts can continue from home and you could probably get more content uh, and more quality content out of that person. Because I mean, Hey, here's Jim Carrey as the example, you know, he's very relaxed, probably more candid. He's in his own environment. Uh, you're getting to see inside his home a little bit. And I, I just think you're going to and you're going to get opportunity where you didn't have it before. There's probably a good chance where I can interview Jim Carrey when he probably wouldn't have flown <laughs> to be interviewed by me. You know, so I think, you know, so many companies out there are paying a pretty penny for this overhead. Um, you know, not just Sirius XM, you know, any major company where they're going to say, well, hey, man, we still were able to survive and make money during the worst time of our year. We could cut back on budget uh, and still keep things going status quo from home. I think we're going to see more and more of that. We're seeing it already. I don't think we're going to go back to that uh, regular studio sort of life in radio. I'm not here to put words in Howard Stern's mouth, but if I were Howard, uh, there's no way I'd be going back to the studio when his show's been just as good from home. Here's a guy who's done it all, right? He's said it all. And why in the world would he go back to the studio unless, of course, it was like a special event? You know, he's on Monday through Wednesday. He could do that from home, still do a great show, put out a great product, and maybe let's say he had a big town hall or a big special meeting or a special interview with Paul McCartney and he was going to perform live. Then, yeah, maybe he comes in to the studio for that performance. Otherwise, I think we're going to see more and more of that. And, and we've grown accustomed to it. Even if you're watching TV, you know, the interviews that we're still seeing or commentary from sports analysts or whomever, they're all from home. And we don't even blink an eye at it at this point. We're used to it. You know, we don't care about the, oh, it looks a little shitty. The quality of the, of the, of the cameras look a little, little shitty. Nobody even cares anymore. You know, we're so used to it that it is what it is. So I think we'll see a lot of companies and a lot of studios, uh, not only in broadcasting, just in life, cutting back on the overhead and just allow people to work from home. And uh, it'll work to a lot of people's advantages. And I'm sure a lot of people's jobs will suffer. And 
you know, they'll lose their jobs as a result because they know they're not needed necessarily at the office. On some level, though, doesn't it make you kind of sad? Because I think back of my years at Sirius XM and that building, the McGraw-Hill building where we worked was so alive. Yeah. You could come in one day and it, it would great. be like the insane clown posse. And you'd come in and you'd walk through the halls and it would be like Slash is here and Steven Tyler is here. Dude, Quentin Tarantino. I these are like in the middle. Get this. I swear to you. Yeah, that place was electric, but you, you look back at it now as, oh, the good old days or like the, the, the golden era or the explosion of the satellite radio boom, you know, but it changed. And, and COVID was the uh, the catalyst here, the pandemic. Um, but you bring back those like those golden days of early satellite radio. I, I remember taking a pee in between Chubby Checker and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and I... <laughs> And my chubby was checked, I believe. Uh, but yeah, man, um, it, it was a, it was a random moment. Like this place is wild, dude. And and you're right. And you were a part of it. Uh, we were there in New York City, and, and because of all the different genres of radio, whether it be political talk, like Andrew Wilkow, where you did your thing, or or hip hop radio, or country, or rock, or metal, there was all walks of life from every format, hip hop, you name it which made it such a cool place to be. But you know what, man? Those days are over. And um, I wouldn't say completely over, but they're going to change, I think, drastically. And as uh, as Gary Vaynerchuk says, innovate or die. And I think yeah. now we just have to innovate or else, you know, or else it just dies. And um, I think everybody's done a pretty good job of doing that. Yeah, we have, but it's it's just so strange because this podcast launched in November of I was going to say uh last year, but at this point November of 2 years ago because it's the new year. And I remember for our first episode I said to Chris, it just so happened when we did our first episode UFC was having an event at MSG and we were using Gotham Podcast Studios which is in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. And you think like those UFC guys they're going to go over to Sirius XM they're going to go over to Fox News. All of that's in the same vicinity. So you could say, hey, just take a quick trip two blocks if you could come on with Chris Peranto and myself. And we had Andre Orlovsky on, who knows Chris and, you know, had no problem yeah. coming in. That's all what's changed because in the past couple of months, I said, why am I spending money to rent a studio in Midtown Manhattan? And even I am contemplating moving out of here because Long Island right now where I am is more expensive than ever. And there's less reason for it to be expensive than ever because the whole the whole joy of living here was you're close to the city. There's all these concert venues nearby, which are now closing. And I'm just thinking to myself, why am I not living in Florida or something? So I'm, I'm in the same state of mind as that as well. And you probably can be. And think about it. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about interviewing these UFC guys as well on ESPN or at Sirius XM. And, you know, here they are rolling around mats with all these different people. Uh, and training for their big fight, they come to the studio. And what are you doing? You're bro hugging. You're 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 slap assing. You're saying what's up. All that sort of camaraderie. Even that's going to change. You know, I think that our generation uh, will slowly go back to normal, and we'll eventually go back to a, a little bro hug here and there. But the impact this going to have on the younger generation is is much greater. You know, as a dad of of an 11 year old, my my kid's only 11. But I see how it impacts little kids, man. And it it really hit them at the prime years of their life of socializing and forming friendships and things like that. 
where the, the normal for them now is what we're doing, talking on a computer screen. They're doing school on a computer screen. You know, I think as they grow, they're going to be a lot more cautious than than we are. We we know what it's like to have camaraderie and communicate and bro hug and and slap ass and, and have fun like like we used to. So we might have the tendency to slowly eventually get back to that after all this. But I think the younger generations are going to say, no, nah, screw this. I'll do it from home. And uh, yeah, I don't need to bro hug. You know, I never really lived that life anyway. I don't need to be in the same room with you. I don't need that that cool electric uh, feeling we had when we were cruising down the hallways because they never experienced it. You know, so I think as the younger generations come up, especially mixed with all this that has happened, those days are, are over, you know? Yeah, which makes me sad. But as you said, it's it's just an adaptation it is. thing. Uh, speaking of which, you kind of adapted from being a Jersey, New York City guy to living in L.A., how are, how do you like living there? I mean, especially now, a lot of people are moving out, but I know that originally you were like, this warm weather is amazing. Do you miss being in the Northeast? How is it overall? Well, you know, it's funny, man. You get that question a lot. And uh, there was some really lame song called Sunscreen. And I, I only know it because my lame co-host, Rich Davis, plays it every once in a while. <laughs> is that the name of it? Where he talks about like, leave New York City where you become bitter or something like that. Well, there's a line in the song. Oh, wait, are you, you're you know, thinking of, yeah, yeah, you... way back. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, everybody's some free to watch. word, I corny, like, graduation song. Yeah, this was, like, no, from no, the no. 90s. This is some old school stuff. And, uh, you yeah. know, my co-host plays that or references it every once in a while. It's the only reason I know it. But it was so true because I got out of New York right as I was getting really bitter. It's like, you know, when you're about to leave any job, you sort of don't care about it anymore. And you're like, fuck you. I, I, I hate this place anyway. So you start losing like your sense of self because you're becoming an asshole. Um, or like in any relationship that ends, you're probably a big dick before it is truly over. Or I'll try to give you a, like a, another example. Oh, you ever move out of a house or an apartment or, or you get rid of a car? The last few months or weeks of living there, you sort of let everything go and everything's a fucking mess. And, it's, and you, you're because you're ready to move on. You know, when I left New York City, I was ready to leave New York City, man. The cold was just, I was done with it. The people, I was done with it. The hustle and bustle, I was done with it. Because I had put like 20 years of hustle into the city that I was ready for a change. And I was sort of annoyed because my, my daughter was on the West Coast anyway. So I was ready to like bring everything to California, at least for a new start. And um, I love the weather there. I love the lifestyle there. But the... The question is the people. Well, how about the people? You know, at the time when I made the move, I was married with a kid. So I really didn't give a shit about the people. I had I had my own people and I was just going to be a dad and sort of, uh, you know, live my life and enjoy that weather and enjoy that lifestyle. So it never, ever played a factor with me at all until I became single. And then I had a I had a mingle amongst the people. <laughs> and then I realized that, oh, yeah, this is what everyone was saying sucked so bad because there is a lot of suck ass people on the West Coast. But, you know, again, I got I got I'm East Coast and that's just how I am. So I, I smell that a mile away. So I, I really just I avoid it still. Um, not everybody's like that, but there's a lot of phony balonies for sure. You know, and that's just the nature of the beast of the type of person that's out here trying to do what they do. 
Yeah, that's interesting because I've you know I've never lived in L.A., but I do always think of you as a Jersey, New York City guy. That's where your roots are. That's where you came up in radio. Oh, dude, when I when I was single, man, and I hadn't been single for a long time, um, I remember going on a date and a girl. I swear to you, one of her first questions to me was, "What do I drive?" And I thought it was a joke. You know, I really I was like, "You're you're joking, right?" That's funny. And she was dead ass serious about it. I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be wild, you know. And and it was a total roller coaster. It was it was the weirdest experience being single. I was like officially single for like a little over a year before I got mixed up in in a, another really you know good relationship that I'm still in now. Um, but yeah, man, that whole time of meeting people and be amongst those people, it's everyone just trying to trying to one up each other in a conversation, and everyone is is trying to sort of live the same sort of dream. I'll give you an example. You know, I'm a very East Coast guy, like you said. So my circle of friends in New York, one guy could have been a lawyer, one guy could have worked in electrical, uh, one dude could have been a construction guy, and uh, one dude does appraisals. You know what I mean? And and, and we all, sure. and I'm the radio guy, and we all have fun. You know, that's, uh, that's similar to my group LA, of friends. Yeah, exactly. In LA, though, everyone's doing. Everyone's uh, either waiting tables, but they're all trying to be an actor, or this one's trying to be an actor. This one has a pilot. Uh, this one does radio, and this one does a podcast. So they think that they do the same thing that I do. You know what I mean? Like, so everyone is sort of doing the same thing. So everyone's stories are boring, and they're they're the same shit. Yeah, and I was listening to an interview with uh, Edsel Dope from the group Dope, which I know you know because of you. Oh, hell yeah. You know, you're a hard rock guy. But he was saying with the whole L.A. life that you talk to people and everybody is like, you know, a guy represents me who also knows someone who worked for Tom Cruise. And, and he's like, yeah, but what have you done? I want to know what you do. Right, yeah. And dude, it's a bunch of people trying to use each other. I'm not saying there's not good people. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just saying the people uh, that I've had to – deal with you never know where you really stand you know um that's why rich and i and our circle is so tight because we all know each other we all came to la together and that's just who we are we're transplants from the east coast and east coast people you know where you stand immediately you know you know you know if that person likes you immediately there's no bullshit and uh there's always a hint a hint of bullshit when you're dealing with the people in la but as far as lifestyle man uh I love it. And as far as people making their dreams come true, by all means, do it. It's just stop feeding us the bullshit. You know, I want to know about who you are, not who you know, like you said. Yeah, agreed. So actually, I've, I've never even heard this story because you do talk about it openly on the air when you said you were a single guy. You're now in a relationship. Where where did you meet your current yeah. girlfriend that you're now? I mean, it's getting pretty serious if you're in Idaho right now meeting her family and all that stuff. Yeah, dude. Well, like I said, man, I'll I'll go anywhere right now. Like you said, I, I'm I'm a bit I'm an outgoing introvert. Uh, but when all this mm-hmm. is done, I'm telling you, I, I'm excited to go out there and and hobnob and be an extrovert and and have a few drinks with some people safely, Same. of course. Uh, you know, I agree. Uh, but you know, when she said you want to go take a road trip to Idaho, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. Um, met her in Vegas, dude. Just met her in Vegas. Wasn't looking for anything. You know, I just got out of a relationship, uh, a 10 year, oh, 10 year plus relationship. Last thing you want to do is get into another one. Uh, but I was single for over a year. And uh, it's it's funny. I was judging a Hooters contest and Rich was hosting the Hooters contest. 
So we were in Vegas for the International Hooter, international, not just any Hooters contest, the International Hooters contest. And um, she was there to root on a friend of hers that was participating at the time. And I saw her and she had bright green eyes. And I was like, okay, I, I like that. I can get down with that. And um, we hung out, we partied. And I was like, where are you from? She's like, well, I'm from Idaho, but I, I live in LA. I'm like, oh, you live in LA. Cool. Let's hang when we get back. And that was it. That's awesome. And it's, yeah. I could tell you're in, you're in a good place right now. And also because, as I said, with the show, I hear about everything that you're up to. And are, are there times where you go, uh, did you have to wait a little bit before you said, I want to reveal this to the Covino and Rich audience? Did you wait until it was more serious? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just part of the game, not only on the radio, but in life, too, right? As, as a dad, you're not just going to bring a new girl just, you know, into the mix right away, right? So that, that even took a lot of time. Um, that took about over a year in itself before I introduced my daughter to this new person, you know, over a year I was with her before I did that. Um, but you know, I did my dating. I dated a lot, man. I, I, I used stupid apps to meet people. I, I went out and about, I did everything I possibly could, uh, to meet people and get out there and to experience the dating life again. And it had its, its pros and it had its cons, um, I don't think I was necessarily ready to get into a, another long-term relationship when I met Jordan. Her name's Jordan with a Y. Jordan with a Y. A lot of vatos <laughs> think it's Jordan. When you go to Starbucks, all the vatos are like, I got a coffee for Jordan? She's like, no, with a Y. J-O-R-D-Y-N. Um, but um, we met, we we hit it off, and you can't plan that shit, right? So, and at the... At the at the same time, you can't just be announcing it on the radio because, A, you don't know where it's going to go. B, I was still dealing with a divorce at the time. You know, so you, you got to let things breathe and let them happen because th those divorce things take a long ass time to sort of finalize. You know, my relationship was long done. Um, but, yeah, you don't just come out and bust out these announcements. So you use a lot of innuendo. And, you know, they knew I was dating and out and about. Yeah, I was as candid and as real with the the listeners who I consider friends, uh, you know, as, as much as I could be for sure. But she's great, man. You know, she's uh, very easygoing. As uh, as my dad would say, she don't bust my chops. You know, she don't break <laughs> the balls. Uh, and that's what I need, you know, because our, our lives, yours, Ian, uh, you know, mine being in radio, having to do a lot of traveling and, and interviews and, and just being out there a lot, you know, it, it comes with a lot. So you want someone that's going to understand your lifestyle and not give you a hard time for it. And uh, she embraces it, which is really cool. Yeah. When you were back on the dating scene after not being in it for that long, yeah. conducting as many interviews as you have over your career, having your whatever yeah. it is, 10,000 hours, did it make it easier for you going out dating and, and having a discussion with people? You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm glad you gave me the 10,000 hours because that therefore makes me a radio expert. So I appreciate that. Exactly. Um, yeah. So thank you for pointing that out. A radio tycoon. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it did help, man, because people do find a that that career choice interesting, you know, because it is an interesting career choice. You know, now everybody has a podcast, right? That's just the truth. Yes. Uh, even I have a uh -oh. best of the week podcast and, and I plan on having another one in the future. You know, if we have time, I'll tell you about it. Um, oh, sure. But now it's a very common thing. But 
you know, the world of radio is still an interesting sort of conversation. So that in itself gives me a lot to talk about. But you're right. Interviewing thousands of people and 10,000 hours gave me uh, a skill, I guess, that I'm able to keep the conversation going no matter what. And what I learned is that's what separated me from every other bozo that woman had dated previously because their biggest complaint was that dude was boring or he had nothing to talk about or he just, you know, he made the the dinner or the encounter awkward because of just a lack of things to say. And, and that's why on the Cavino and Rich show, we always say, hey, man, at least come with some bullet points, you know, at least come with bullet points of shit you want to talk about and don't make it all about you. Oh, I agree. You know, show some interest Look. their way. <laughs> but it, yeah. And that's what separates it, man. And and it really did. It worked to my advantage because, um, you know, the the girls always seem to have a good time with me. Uh, And if not, and if it didn't click, at least we had some good conversation, you know. And and as the booze started to flow, it always ended up a little, you know, more fun than it started anyway. That's awesome. Uh, On the topic of everyone has a podcast, it's so funny coming from the traditional radio background because it is true. And I feel like so much of what I learned and what you learned, even though you're older than me, we're like dinosaurs. So much of it is obsolete because if you look at like the biggest podcast, I know you've talked about it, like that call her daddy podcast, that that is like indicative of everything they would probably tell you not to do in radio. Yet that girl's probably making more than like me, you and Rich combined. That's why we're uh, doing Call Him Poppy now. Um, Call Him Poppy is my new <laughs> is broadcast. New I'm podcast? here to announce that. No, listen, Ian, <laughs> here's the thing, man. When I say everybody has a podcast, I mean, look, there's there's a hint of resentment, right? Because people oh, think, yeah. oh, well, I do what you do. And it's like, no, you don't. Because I, I do this five days a week for over 20 years. It's different. And that doesn't mean I hate on it. It's just not the same, right? And I think it's great that people have a platform and that I'm going to have another platform to grow and to continue doing what we do on. I think podcasting is great. When I say, dude, everyone has a podcast, it's true, but I don't think everyone should have a podcast. And that's that's where I think the problem is. You know what I mean? Hey, you got a podcast because you should have a podcast. Um, You know, and there's a lot of great pod. Joe Rogan has a podcast because... He should have a podcast. Um, there's And there's plenty of great podcasts and lots of great content. It's just that there's so many people that shouldn't have one, but everyone has this crazy narcissism where they think that they're the most interesting person in the world, and they're not. In other words, I say this a lot on the Cavino and Rich Show. All the qualities that I used to consider were bad qualities about me, like I'm a bit of a narcissist, I'm a bit self-centered, you know, I, sh- I should... I should not be so self-centered. I should probably be a better person. It's what everyone else seems to embrace nowadays. And they just want to throw it out there for the world to think and see. Like, I'm the greatest. Look at my TikTok dances. Oh, I'm so interesting. Listen to my podcast. When the truth is, they're not that interesting. And they're not that great. And their dance moves don't impress me. It's just everyone thinks they're and, so and also great. The, they're so Yeah, and those, those people, when they have guests on, it's never a good interview. Because I always notice like the it circles back to themselves throughout the entire interview. And you're like, no, I, I want to learn about it's this wild. person that you're interviewing. It's wild, dude. I'll tell you, you know why every relationship of mine ended? For the most part, I think the common theme is I was probably too into myself and too, too selfish, too self-centered. You know, but... 
unknowingly. It's just, you know, the part of the beast. And that's what made me great on radio, right? Uh, this guy, he's sort of a, he's sort of a different personality. But I always knew those weren't necessarily good qualities of mine. So I wanted to improve those qualities, right? Be less of that person. Today's world embraces that bullshit. And that's why everybody, you know, thinks that they could be the next big star when honestly they should probably be putting their focus somewhere else, you know, like on their family and friends and things like that, which honestly I still try to do. Uh, You know, I'm always on a constant quest to be a better person, but it's everyone takes these negative qualities and they run with it, man. Like they run with it. Can you imagine as a dude, uh, you know, posing in front of the mirror all day, knowing that or thinking that thousands of people are going to love this? You know, it's just a whole. Imagine taking pictures of your ass all day and being like, "I can't wait to post this because everyone's gonna love it." Like there has to but be. But it's a validated level when you of, could. It's it's totally validated though, and now it, you could start in OnlyFans during this pandemic, and some of these girls are making like six figures. And I am not gonna hate on it. I mean, if if that's what you're into and you're able to monetize it, I mean, more power to you, I guess. But it, it is. I I don't know. I think back like. When I was younger and you were younger, people would say, you know, you can't just get by on good looks. And now it's like, no, you actually can get by. Exactly. You're a hot That's dick. what I'm saying. You can all easily those, get by. Just all those negative things that we grew up thinking were, were bad or were, you know, we were supposed to improve. No, man, that's roll with it now. Just roll, roll with, embrace it, roll with it, show your ass treaks, uh, expose to the world how what an asshole you are, uh, air your dirty laundry about your family on your social media pages. It's like all the things you were not supposed to do, do it, get compensated, and live your life. And like I said, you could you could not like it, but you have to just understand it is what it is. And you're absolutely right, dude. My my girlfriend, you know, her her some of her good friends, I told you she was there rooting on some some Hooters friends when I met her. Yeah. Some of her her friends have these OnlyFan pages. And there's a misconception that it's like always porn. It's not. Because I know for a fact that you know, her friends have these pages. She does not. Let me make that very clear. Her friends do, and they make, I'm not even kidding you, seven figures doing this, six to seven figures doing this and keeping their clothes on while doing it. It's amazing, bro, the opportunities that are there. So uh, I'm not hating on, you know, these these platforms. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, what I do is is a little different um but you know you gotta, yeah, you gotta keep your ear so. to the street man and, and uh you gotta you gotta be aware of what's going on and how things are changing around us yeah and it makes for good content for your show because your show is all about what's going on in society today and both of your takes on it and oftentimes you have a completely opposite take of rich yeah that's natural by the way that's never contrived or forced um a lot of times it's like well is there another way to think about this right let's explore all angles um, but I don't think we ever go into a scenario where it's like you take this side, I take that side so we could debate and have a fight. You know, when we agree, that's great. And then we have a saying where Rich and I agree, it's fact. Right. Um, but if we disagree, that's also great, too, because we're really exploring this whole scenario and giving all angles for people to think about. And uh, I think it makes it for, more fun for the for the listener. I mean, like I said, man, we just celebrated 16 years on the air, which. I can't even believe so. Uh, even though we're not household names, um, you know, we got to be doing something right to, to keep it moving, keep it going that long in today's world when we've already established there's so many other radio shows and there's so many other platforms with other podcasts and OnlyFans and other forms of media <laughs> where there weren't before. 
and we're still doing it, you know? I really love doing this interview because I think it's like when you get two radio guys in a room together, even though we're technically not. It's just a very free-flowing conversation, especially someone like Avino, who his job with Rich involves a lot of improvisational skill. It's not him reading from a teleprompter by any means. When you're doing three hours of radio together, there is a skill to it. I know that everybody thinks they should have a podcast, as Cavino said, but not everybody could be Steve Cavino. And I hope you're enjoying this interview as much as I enjoyed conducting it. Uh, there's a lot more to go, but I got to let you guys know about a sponsor that's been with us since nearly day one. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you already know who I'm talking about. Fort Scott Munitions, who a lot of you have checked out who a lot of you shoot with regularly now, is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC-spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. If you're a hunter, if you're a shooter, this is what you got to go with. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design, and it was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC-spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. I get a lot of questions about the tumble-upon-impact ammo if you go to their YouTube or even they occasionally will post something on Instagram, you'll see what this ammo is capable of and why it is so celebrated by guys in the special operations community, like, of course, Chris Peranto, and we love them. So Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states. But if you want to support us and also get the best ammo on the market, you got to go to fortscottmunitions.com and use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to our listeners. That's F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S dot com. Promo code BATTLELINE. You're going to get 15% off everything at the site, other than subscription orders. But uh, if it's a you know one-time order, 15% off. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and this podcast. With that, back to the show. Yeah, there's benefits to how it was and benefits to how it is now. I even said it on the last podcast I did with Will Chiarucci. It's like there's so much content that anyone could anyone could basically be a star now or make money without like someone higher up saying like we've granted you permission, but at the same time there's a ton of crap out there and it's hard to sort through what's good and what's not good. Um, but you know, it's just adapting, as you said, you know what I wanted to ask you about since you're being candid about your relationship stuff. And there's a, there's a story that I never heard you elaborate on. And I want to know about it because it's been like hinted on at the show, but I just never heard the whole story. So you're the, the, the marriage that you were in at one time, your wife at the time was trying to manage a boy band. And for a short period of time, you were living with a boy band in your home. I, what what was that like? I have to hear that story. Well, you know, she she was trying, but she was. Um, you know, my ex, she has a, a lot of great qualities. Let's focus on those, you know, and qualities that that drove us apart, right? Where we butted heads. But her great qualities is she's a hustler. She's a 
a, a, you know, uh, a really smart person. And she managed a boy band and got him a deal, a multi-million dollar deal and everything. And we, we had him staying with us. They were an East Coast boy group that lived with us for a while. And their families were like, yeah, we, we trust you to be with our kids. You know, what are we going to do? They were all from New Jersey. Um, so it was wild, dude. And for me, man, I just embraced it. You know, these, these kids were great and talented kids. And I rooted for them. Um, it just didn't pan out because things get a little complicated where with with parents and things like that. Why why isn't my son singing on this part? Why is uh why isn't my son being shown in this video? You know, and they had a few singles and, and they had their success, um, but nothing mainstream, you know. Um, and they're still doing it as far as I know, uh separately. Like they're still all involved in entertainment. Um, but it just didn't work out because honestly, I think the parents sort of got in the way of their success and uh, it was just very difficult. They were too young and they were too far from home. And, you know, there was just a lot of moving parts, but, um, you know, they had a pretty nice contract and a pretty nice deal. And it, and it was hectic for my relationship. Probably, you know, here I was trying to be a dad. Um, I was embracing this, but at the same time, I, I still did have four teenage kids, you know, living in my place, you know, and I, and I, like I said, I tried to, do my best. And looking back, it was, it was okay. But, you know, I'd go on jogs with the kids like, all right, let's go on a jog. <laughs> you know, like, you know, let's go out and get a, we just tried to do our best to, to keep them happy while they were there, but I'm sure they missed their families. And uh, I think they lived with us for about a year. And then one of the kids, what? that's yeah, a once, while, man, an entire year living yeah. with all these kids. This is a reality show. This should have been a reality show. I do believe me. I, I'm pretty sure it was pitched as a reality show. Um, there was, a uh, one kid that I'm still in touch with till this day, but he lived with us for multiple years because the group turned into basically a solo act, you know, where there was one kid that everyone was mostly, um, into and, or, he was, or believed he was the in. Justin Timberlake. He was the Timberlake of the crew. Uh, they were all very talented, but he was the standout, I guess. And, uh, and in my opinion, the nicest kid of all anyway. So it was a pleasure to have him around. And, uh, you know, I, I miss him because I don't see him as often, but I see him on social media. But he lived with us for years, dude, for years. I, I taught the kid how to play guitar. You know, we, we were at, we'd hang out. You know, we were a family. So, yeah, it was wild, dude. It really was. And I'm still friends with his family, and they still hit me up, see how I'm doing and things like that. So it wasn't like anything bad at all. It was, it was, it was if anything, exciting. And I did believe in the project, and I believed in the kids, and I believed in my ex to take them where they needed to go. And you know what? She did. She she got them the deal. She got them everywhere they needed to go. The rest was up to them and they didn't seem to be able to put it together. That's got to be insane it, though because I'm pretty it sure was I'm a circus. similar personality type. Say that again? It was a circus for sure, you know, but yeah. circuses are fun. No, but like I'm pretty sure I'm a similar personality type to you in that I I am introverted, but at the same time I like going out and meeting people. Um, but I I value my alone time, and I could not imagine having a bunch of teenagers running around. Even when I encounter you know teenagers when I'm at the gym or something, and I'm talking to people, I'm like, oh, this is cool. But if I had to live with that 24 seven, I think I would be out of my mind. Well, you know, maybe you could attribute it to me willing to do anything to sort of keep the, 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 the shit moving. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're in a relationship and 
I was traveling a lot, doing TV at SNY. I was in New York. I was in ra- doing radio in LA. I was going back and forth so much. If this is like the compromise I had to make to keep my situation happy at the time, I was willing to do anything, you know? So if that's what had to be done, I'd have to embrace it. And uh, But again, the, the proof was there. Uh, my ex got him signed to Adam Factory, I remember, which is Troy Carter. And, and again, got had lots of money invested. So it wasn't like just some sort of uh, crazy dream they all had. Like it was legit. And um, it just didn't pan out. But yeah, it was fun. Looking back, it was fun, but hectic. And that's basically what my whole life's been, to be honest. <laughs> that's cool, man. I, I just had a couple other things I wanted to ask you. Um, sure. One of them being, we have we have a heavy military audience, of course, because of Chris's background. Um, and I know there's nice. been times where I feel like you guys get me through the day because I feel like I know you and I relate to what's going on, but it's not even close to on the level of a guy who's deployed overseas, doesn't have any family near him, doesn't have any friends uh, in the area. I'm wondering if, you know, because of the app that you could kind of listen to Sirius XM from all over the world, have there ever been guys deployed that said like, hey, you got me through this deployment? Do you have any of those stories? Dude, I, I do get those stories and they're so cool because, you know, you're in this little room or a studio and you're just BSing with your friends or your guests and, and you forget that, oh yeah, there's a there's a nation of people, you know, international uh, audience out there that could hear you. And then when you realize, oh yeah, part of that international audience could be someone deployed somewhere or or someone, you know, in the military, you're like, man, that's awesome that my stupid joke or my stupid story about home could make them feel at home or can make them feel like they're hanging out with their friends. Like it's the ultimate compliment you could get because it's, it's sort of what we're trying to convey. Like, no, man, we're not just the hosts. We're all friends hanging out, right? And you're our friend. Um, I don't want you to be a fan. You're you're a friend of mine. You're, you're just a listener and friend of mine. And, you know, if we could bring some normalcy to that person out there protecting us and fighting for us. And uh, we get that story of, man, you really kept me going and, and really, you know, gave me something to look forward to and gave me that sense of home. Uh, dude, that's the best compliment we can get. And that's the coolest story we could get. And we do get that a lot. Like um, we even got, um, you know, pictures sent to us a few times of people, uh, you know, spray painting other tanks and shit with like Cavino and Ridge and things like that. Like, uh, you know, just uh, different, all these different stories that we hear about uh, how people were homesick, but we gave them that sense of friendship or, you know, just hearing the stories that, that we would tell about overcoming or anxieties or, you know, divorce or being apart from our loved ones. You know, we're, we're giving them things to relate on and, Dude, I think that's awesome. I love hearing those stories. I, you know, I, I, I appreciate all the people out there doing what they do, uh, so that we could do what we do, which is, you know, fool around on the radio all, all the time. Uh, but my brother-in-law is in the Air Force too, um, and my sister's stationed out in Germany, and you know, she doesn't necessarily want to be out there in Germany raising her family, right? She'd love to be back in the states, uh, close to her family, but. You know, she gets to hear me and my stupid stories every day, and that that makes her feel a sense of home, I guess, and gives everyone a sense of, you know, we're not really all that far away or far apart. We're all still connected, and uh, I just respect everyone in the military or, or in a military family so much for what they do because, you know, I, I can only imagine how tough that is. 
Yeah, I, I agree entirely. Um, you know, when I was doing my last gig, I would meet people that were like, thanks for all that you do. And I feel like, what do I do? Yeah. I talk into a microphone and try to entertain you. You're the one who's who's really keeping us safe here at home. Uh, so it's, I, it's like I echo I'm, do, I'm doing it. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm, I'm doing it for you, man. So that's awesome that you appreciate it. That's kind of why I'm doing this. This is great. That's so cool. It feels like, yeah, those are the, the few and, and far between moments where you get the payoff you you really want, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's why I do what I do. That's that's incredible. And thank you. You know, that's how you feel. You feel humbled. And there's nothing I could say. Every time I have those encounters or those scenarios, you always leave it like, you know, there was what, what more could I have said to let them know how much I appreciate it? You know, I, I don't I hope I conveyed that enough. So I always walk away feeling like, man, I hope I was nice enough or I appreciated that moment enough or they understood how much I appreciate them enough because it's true, man. Uh, everyone out there serving this country, uh, our, our love is with you and our thoughts are with you. And I think that's awesome, man. I love hearing that. Yeah, 100%. And the cool thing with your show is that under normal circumstances, when those guys are home, they really can get a chance to meet you because of how accessible you are. I mean, every year you have the Dude Bro Convention. And then on top of that, during normal circumstances, you guys regularly will travel the country and do a show at different locations. That's the the best and most rewarding part about all this. Like you said, to be able to meet these people um, who are protecting and serving and um uh, and just the, the everyday listener out there who's living that mundane nine to five, you know, I'm sick of my wife sort of relationship and scenario. And we bring them some enjoyment and, and a reason to get out of their house to meet us and party with us uh, at an event. Dude, we, we succeeded. And that's what it's all about. But by the way, you said the dude broke convention. It's so funny. I, I'm not one of those guys that hates, you know, their past at all. Like, like, uh, like uh, Arnold from from uh, Different Strokes, like uh, Gary Coleman, who who would never say what you're talking about, Willis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like those are things we said. I was in my 20s when we said stuff like that, and I never even really said that. You know, we would have callers that would say, "Yo, what's going on, dude? All right, later, bro." So it became the dude bro thing. You know, I'm in my 40s now. I haven't said or embraced that shit in in like 20 years, but people still say that, and it's so funny. We've called it the Cavino and Rich Convention or the CRC for the uh, for the past few years, but I'm only bringing that up to show you like how long you could do something, and you're always remembered as the guy who started there or however that person met you. You know what I mean, like. I've been doing my own radio show for over 20 years. When I see Gary Delabati from the Howard Stern show, uh, Baba Booey, he still thinks of me in his mind probably as the guy that drove the van at K-Rock, you know? And that's yeah. fine. But, you know, so much time has passed, you know? It's so funny. It really is funny. So, yeah, when we get to meet these these friends of ours at these conventions, man, and they tell us what the show means to them, uh, it really makes it worth the while because – no matter what you do, no matter who you are, you have moments of, what is this all about? You know, what am I doing? Am I even making a difference? You know, yeah. like, am I just getting by? What is, what is this bullshit? Uh, does anyone even care? And when you see, you know, the people who are out there enjoying it and what it means, it really does make it worth the while. Especially what, what I love too is couples that come up to us, Rich and I. And it'll be like, uh, 
my husband loves, the wife will always say, my husband loves you. And then the husband's all embarrassed. He's like, no, no, you know, we're, we listen a lot. And she's like, no, but I, I want to thank you because you guys give us so much to talk about. Because every day, like the husband will come home and he'll throw some scenario out there that they may have got from the show. And it gives the, the, the husband and wife hours of things to discuss aside from all the everyday bullshit while they're having dinner. And, you know, if that brings some fun to their lives, dude, that's awesome because that's really what it's all about. You know, time's flying. As I mentioned, you know, I've been doing this for over 20 years, Cavino and Rich now for over 16 years. Uh, you got to have fun while, of course, you're going to have your your downtime, but you, you got to really have some fun while you can. Yeah, your your Gary Delabate story makes me think of I just listened to an interview with Dino Cazares from Fear Factory. I'm a huge Fear Factory fan. And I didn't know this. Cool. He dropped some knowledge that the first uh Fear Factory tour was with uh Megadeth. And he said prior to being in Fear Factory, he worked at a sandwich shop in LA. And he yeah. said, like, the guys from Megadeth would come in and I'd hook them up with free food, and like they dropped some knowledge about the business to me. And then he said they got offered the first tour with Megadeth. And he said to his bandmates, he was like, this is because of me. They He remembers me from the sandwich shop. Like, he gave us a hookup. He's like, I know this is why he did this. And when he when he saw uh, Dave Mustaine first time backstage, he was like, dude, thanks so much for giving us our first national tour. Really appreciate it. You remember me, right? And Dave Mustaine goes, yeah, go make me a sandwich. You know what it is? It's a classic, go get your fucking shine box. It's a shine box story. <laughs> you always remember it as the guy who shined the shoes no matter what. You know, and uh, when I met you. You probably still know me as the guy who answered your phone calls. And that's, that's well, what I was no, doing. I, I know you've come night. a long way for sure, but you never forget those things. You know, it's, it's just a weird part of life, man. So, yeah, when I met you, I was definitely doing the dude bro thing. And as you said, our, our show has evolved. And, um, uh, and I still embrace, I very much embrace a lot of the stuff, uh, or all of the stuff that we did. Um, the thing is, what makes it awkward sometimes is, you know, we live in a, a much politically correct world now than we did when we started off in radio. So a lot of times when when you hear the, the replays, or we got to be more cognizant and conscious of the replays, because some of the stuff that flew then, it's like hearing an old comedy routine that doesn't necessarily fly right now you know because yeah uh I, f I forget who said it jim jeffries i think said it you know like comedy is is a job that pushes the envelope and back then that's what was pushing the envelope you know now that's like stomping and dancing all over the envelope you know because that wasn't meant for today's ears so when you hear some of the old stuff it makes you think oh man man we've we've, we've come a long way not only as a show but as people but, you know, it was what it was. If people are able to understand that that's where our mindset was, but we've changed, then it's all good. Well, it's a, it's just a different culture in general, because when I first met you guys, the show pretty much never talked about politics. But now politics is so embedded in the culture that to not ever talk about politics is almost like burying your head in the sand. Oh, dude, we, how disingenuous would we be and how fake and phony would our would our show seem if we weren't touching on all the social issues, um, political issues, um, you know, anything that involved Trump or, or this past election. So yeah, what planet would we be living on if we were ignoring those things? And not only is it a part of our show and our world, like young people care, like, you know, maybe you cared 
Ian, when you were a younger guy, right? Because you're smarter than the average fella. But if you asked me, you know, in high school, what I thought about any political issue, I would be like, "Are you serious? I'm I'm just trying to like squeeze some titties or something. I, I didn't, I didn't, or I was just trying to watch the Yankees or you know, I wasn't worrying about that shit back then. Now it's it's not only a conversation for for you know us on the radio. Uh, it's a conversation for everybody. You know, kids are, my kid's 11. She's talking about political and social issues, you know? So it's just one of those mainstream pop culture things right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's even if you are watching sports, it's embedded in that it's embedded a little too much in everything. And that's actually why when Chris and I started the show, cause Chris, comes, Chris comes from that world too. And he was just like, you know what? I'm kind of over it. I don't want to do a political show. And I know what you do isn't a political show. But just being authentic and being real and, and changing with the times, these things are going to come up. And you could talk about it without being divisive. Because um, when, when I listen to other shows, yeah, it is it is all like fueling the fire of divisiveness and hate. But I think when people listen to Cavino and Rich or hopefully our podcast, my podcast with Chris, wherever they're from, whatever view on the political spectrum, they feel that they have a home there. You know, Ian, here's how I look at it, man. It's, it's simple marketing 101, man. I, I remember uh, taking a marketing class in high school and, you know, he he said to me, if you open a can of Coke, you expect the can of Coke, you know, so you don't want to open a can of Coke and get a Dr. Pepper. I know why people are coming to Covino and Rich. They're not coming for our political stance. You know, they're, they're, they're coming here to hear about a buffoonery. And nonsense, and 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 our our stupid take on whatever's happening in the world, and if that's politics, fine, but we're still going to make it entertaining. I'm not trying to really piss anyone off, and and I'm not trying to hide my feelings either. Believe me, I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if if we think something, we're going to say it. But they're coming here for the laughs, and although we have our our serious episodes or shows, and we cover serious content, you know, we try to bring it back to the fun, uh, and I've used it as a as a facetious tagline for a long time like from hard-hitting issues to nutting in tissues like you know <laughs> i can't help it if the if we have hard-hitting uh discussions going on in the world you know we're gonna have to address isn't there one that's like from something to butt cheeks or something like from that butt che- from bitcoin butt cheeks to bitcoin uh yeah, yeah. you know and bitcoin, bitcoin but over bitcoin over th- today Jeez. bitcoin's at thirty two thousand dollars right now you know so you know, that's fun to talk about, but so are butt cheeks. So you got to bring the entertainment because people aren't tuning in to Cavino and Rich for heavy content. They're just not, you know, so we got to be real about that and still provide the entertainment and the fun mixed in with, with a nice balance of, well, here's what's going on in the world. We can't be, we can't be oblivious to that because that would be tone deaf, you know? So um, I do take a lot of pride in, in bringing that, that balance in our show and, I'm glad people have enjoyed it, and I'm glad to have been able to be a constant during this really difficult year. You know, so we 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 are really happy that we've been able to do what I think is really quality content. And if you don't mind, man, uh, we just celebrated 16 years. Our best of the year, our best of 2020, year 16, is available on demand on the SiriusXM app, and I'm really proud of it, man, because. Uh, you know, it wasn't easy. We did the shows from home pretty much the entire year, but it's the story of 2020, which started off as a great year. You know, I, I was calling it the year of Hugh Downs, you know, because he was the host of 2020 and Hugh Downs died. Yeah. He died in 2020. That pretty much sums it all up. So it started off you know, a great year. 
the year of Hugh Downs, and then the guy dies, and everything isn't what we thought it would be. But it's the story of 2020. You know, our, our greatest moments. It was a shitty year all around, but we had a lot of fun radio moments and a lot of fun stories about our lives and, and about my relationships, about my brother, uh, just Rich and I debating nonsense. Uh, and that's all available now in a two-part special. And we put a lot of effort into that. It's narrated. We look back. We play the clips. Um, the best of year 16, the best of 2020 is available now for download on the SiriusXM app. So please, please check that out. I think you'll enjoy it. You, you know what to me shows the difference between 2020 at the very beginning with the show and 2020 now that I could think of? The very beginning of the year. I think I'm right on this in time. You guys were covering the Super Bowl. And Rich, right? Am I right on this? Early 2020? Yeah. We okay. Miami. So you guys, yeah. And before that, Rich went in Las Vegas with you, uh, with I think the staff to that place called The Green Room, which was like a full-on sex club. And then when you guys were in Miami, you said that they were advertising full-contact lap dances. And you were like, what is a full-contact lap dance? And now we are in 2021. And I don't think most people would be caught dead in the green room, or if that's what it's called, the green door. And I don't think anyone's getting full contact. Yeah, and I don't think anyone's getting full contact lap dances, at least not without a mask right now. At, at least without some sort of hazmat suit on. Think about it. We'll never uh, be nose deep into jubbos again, you know, because you know someone else was squeezing on them prior. You're like, hey, can I disinfect your uh, ass cheeks first, please? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, the world will never be the same when it comes to that, at least not for a while. But you're so right. We were in Miami for both SiriusXM and ESPN. And, man, we were having a blast. Then we went to Vegas for the Fury Wilder fight for SiriusXM and ESPN. And we're like, yeah, 2020 is kicking ass. And then, of course, just like that, everything changed. And, and that's the story we tell on our uh, best of year in review all our year-end reviews are available on the SiriusXM app, dating back to 2005. If you want to jump in a time machine and, and remember where you were when all this stuff was happening, but that's the cool part of the show is you could take a look back and, and see what you were thinking back then, and and uh, see how far you've come. You know, and I, look, I haven't changed much. Maybe I've grown a little bit, but you know, I, I take pride in being a man boy, Ian, because life is uh, life is too hard sometimes as it is. Um, I like to dumb it down and have fun and, and just just enjoy the nonsense. I agree, man. Well, I know you're enjoying time in Idaho with your girlfriend, and I don't want to keep you too long. So the yeah. last thing I wanted to ask you about was sure. just a, a theme of the podcast has been inspiration in general. And and some of the people we've had on are beyond remarkable, you know, that to the point that I can't relate to it and you can't relate it to relate to it. Um, just for example, yeah, we had Scott Gearin on two weeks ago, Air Force PJ, uh, fell out of a plane due to a parachute accident, and then uh, within a year re-enlisted into the Air Force PJs and was doing like missions overseas. That is beyond my level of inspiration that that comes from my life. But for, for you, I think, and you've touched on it during this show, there are people going through depression right now. There are people going through mental health issues, yourself included, which you've been candid about. Just w what advice yeah. would you give to people who are saying, you know, that this is just a really tough time for them and, and they're having trouble forging ahead? Because you are someone who's always forged ahead, whether it's doing what you do on Sirius, jobs that you've had on ESPN and SNY and, and other things that are on the horizon that I know that you can't get into fully. But 
you are someone who I think, regardless of what's going on in your personal life, has forged ahead. And you probably have some knowledge you could share that that people can take from. You know, man, a lot of times I, I look at these uh, these moments that seem to be the tougher moments in life, right? Uh, and I use them to my advantage. Luckily, it gave me content to discuss. And I've used my radio show as, as therapy, kind of, right? To sort of figure it out and to talk about it. But um, I always look at these moments, whether they be relationships that ended or, you know, maybe it was a job scenario or maybe uh, people are going through depression, whatever the case may be, you know, I use those as moments to really focus on myself so I can come out better on top. Every failed relationship I had, you know, where I thought my life was ending and, oh, I'm never going to find another person like this again. Or maybe there was a death in the family and, oh, man, how am I ever going to get over this? You know, I really just dove back into into work, honestly, and I pushed all my efforts into and my thoughts into uh, how can I better myself? You know, you, you have a choice. You know, there is a choice. I know it's hard and it's easier said than done, but the choice is you could dwell in the misery, right? Or you could really dive headfirst into working on yourself or working on whatever it is that makes you happy, right? And a lot of times that was hitting the gym. And I, I know it sounds simple, but it's true. It's like, all right, man, well, Hey, if this didn't work out, you know, and this door closed, it's almost guaranteed that life opens up another one. You just have to be willing to open it and you have to be willing to to wait for it to open. And when it cracks open, knock it down. And, uh, you know, in between those moments, I would be at the gym waiting for that day, bettering myself, working on myself, getting out there again, rediscovering myself. Um you know, doing the simple things to make you feel better about yourself so that when that time came, you were ready to seize the moment and you were ready for it. Uh, and I feel like every obstacle that life provided me with honestly did get me ready for that next step and stage in life. And it gave me more content to talk about and it made me more relatable and it gave me more depth. And it just, you know, it, it made me grow as a person. So I would say you, you take those moments and you, real, you realize they suck, right? But you take them as, as, as moments to grow and to become a better person and, and to become a better version of yourself when all said and done. And honestly, when I look back at all those, those tougher times in life, I realized that I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, which is, you know, telling the story to you, uh, without them. And, uh, I just say, don't be scared to talk about it. Um, embrace it. Don't accept it, you know, be better uh, or try to be better. Um, but accept it and talk about it and ask for help if you need it, you know, and, and that's it. Uh, that's how I feel about it, man. That's, that's seriously some solid advice. Once again, Cavino and Rich, it's on Sirius XM Faction Talk. Every day if you're on the East Coast at 11, um, your time in California where you usually are at uh, 8, and you're also on um, on Sirius XM Turbo. CavinoandRich.com, at CavinoandRich on Instagram and, Twi- and Twitter. And then, of course, you could follow Cavino on Instagram and Twitter at Steve Cavino. This has been a blast. Chris has been breaking my balls that he's like, I, I he seriously was like, why do you have to do this interview without me? I'm a fan of Cavino, you in particular, because he listens to you on Turbo. Oh. Um, so we got to do this again, if you don't mind, a couple months uh, you know, down the line. Dude, I, I love it, man. I appreciate it. Guys, please hit me up. Uh, Chris Pronto, props to you, too. Thanks for listening to Turbo. I'm on every weeknight. 
Turbo 41 on Sirius XM, Cavino and Rich on Faction Talk 103. As you mentioned, we have some cool things up our sleeve that I don't want to jinx yet. So, uh, you know, stay tuned or follow us at Covino and Rich or me personally at Steve Covino. I love interacting, right? I take a lot of pride in being one of the most interactive shows on radio. So, uh, you know, hit me up and uh, tell Chris I said thanks and definitely listen out, guys. And, you know, Remember to turn uh, turn your dilemmas into dilemmonade and, and stay positive and tune into yeah, and uh, tune into Cavino and Rich. It'll change your life. <laughs> that that's perfect, man. And yeah, maybe when these things do happen, I could bring you back on so you have Anytime. something new to promote. Um, awesome. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Steve Cavino, who I've known for so long. It doesn't feel that long. Time flies, as you all know. Uh. Chris Peranto will be back next episode. Don't worry. This is not just the Ian Scotto podcast, but I appreciate you listening to that full episode. And uh, hopefully it gave you some inspiration. At the very least, hopefully it gave you some laughs. So I've been saying this. Next week with Chris, we're going to do a Q&A. Uh, so send your questions to battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. The best question is going to get a mag giveaway from Chris with some of the engravings that he's done or he's had done on it. Chris is not personally engraving mags, but he's getting them engraved. And they, they look so awesome. So uh, for any of you in the audience who are shooters, that's going to appeal to you. And if you're not a shooter, just let me know and I'll give that to someone who actually appreciates it. But beyond just the best email, we're going to do giveaways of some stuff from Fort Scott Munitions, some stuff from our sponsor, Ned, and also some books from some of the great authors we've had on the show. So send any questions you have for Chris, for me, for the podcast in general to battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Ian Scotto on Twitter, on Instagram, all that. Let Steve know that you liked his interview at Steve Cavino on everything. And that does it. Have a very, very happy new year, guys. 2021 is going to be awesome. It's all about the mind state. And no matter what is going on outside of our control, it could be a great year for you. And I believe it will be. That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit. <laughs>